I assume many of you who are listening have heard the recent buzz around R3 in the outdoor community. Some of you may also be involved in some type of R3 planning initiative or even the execution of that plan. But for those who aren't so aware, let me provide some insights. R3 stands for Recruitment, Retention, and Reactivation. It is a process by which outdoor-focused agencies are looking to ensure the sustainability of outdoor activities and the funding that supports them through the recruitment of new generations of participants, the retention of those who already participate, and the re-engagement or reactivation of those who have lost interest for one reason or another or who have moved away from participation. On today's episode, we will be discussing what I see as a cornerstone of our efforts in R3 as it pertains to boating, fishing, and other general water-oriented outdoor activities. This is Between the Waves, an audio series to discuss the topics important to today's water safety professional. Here's your host from the great state of Texas, Cody Jones. I found it a bit funny when my three kids began their new school year in the virtual classroom a few weeks back. And the first thing that was rolled out was, you guessed it, R3. Now, their R3 plan was a little different than the one I was knowledgeable on or accustomed to as theirs stood for Return, Reimagine, and Reconnect. But it just goes to show you how much R3 has become a buzzword. As many of us work to find ways to keep folks engaged and get new participants into the outdoors, we must think outside the boat. I recently was listening to another podcast in which the host was interviewing Rue Mapp, the founder of Outdoor Afro, a nonprofit cutting-edge network that celebrates and inspires black connections and leadership in nature. During the discussion, a comment she made seemed so profound to me, and one in which I was surprised we as a boating community had not made. Rue spoke about the public health consequences of historic demographic-specific restrictions to water and learning to swim, and the reflections of such in drowning statistics and how that has shaped the use or lack thereof of many boating, fishing, and other water-oriented activities. What MAP's discussion culminated in was a profound statement that teaching swimming is a cornerstone to people accessing the outdoors and more specific water-oriented activities. I think we need to soak that in for a minute. How many of our programs, or more specifically, how many of our R3 plans are addressing this fundamental need? If someone doesn't feel safe or comfortable near, on, or in the water, there is no life jacket or other piece of safety equipment that is going to help in recruiting them to these activities. If our ultimate goal is to bring in new people to the sports we know and love, we must recognize our own blind spots, one of which is We are so ingrained in this community of boating that we do not recognize some of the most basic barriers. Now, this is not meant to be a condemnation of our efforts, but it's meant to be a means to recognize areas of potential improvement and collaboration. If we don't recognize that all waters are connected and the experience people have in them are intertwined, we will find ourselves struggling to make a difference. What I'm saying is this. We all need to recognize that one's early experiences or lack thereof with water will have strong correlations with their willingness to engage later in life. We should be working collectively between boating, fishing, and without a doubt swimming organizations to address these disparities collectively. 
We also need to be educating those who fund our programs about the clear connections and why swimming lessons are a cornerstone for success of any water-oriented program. So what is your R3 plan? Does it address the fundamental piece for recruitment? Should it? Just some food for thought. Until next time, stay safe.